Hello and welcome. I'm your host. My mission is to sometimes messy world of startup growth or relaunch. Today, we're going to dig with our guest uh, so to get you the best concepts and strategies to fast track your business. And our special guest today is Devin Jones. So Devin started a record label back in uh, 2006, and he spent some time up to 12 years as a partner with a real estate marketing agency. And He's since branched off on his own back in 2019 to create a media, media agency. So he's been a busy guy and doing all kinds of things. So welcome to the show, Devin. Thanks for having me, Brian. Ha happy to have you here. So why don't we get started uh, since you've got this uh, pretty broad and, and uh, interesting background. Give us a little bit of your, um, your origin story about how you got through all of this and got to where you are today. Uh, well, interestingly enough, it started back in high school. Um, my passion was music. My uh, 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 my dad kind of supported that, uh, bought me a guitar, and I started taking lessons, learning how to play, and uh, I really found um, peace in, in just composing and making and writing and all that kind of stuff. And it unfortunately or maybe fortunately it distracted me from the other tasks that i should have been doing which was going to school <laughs> getting good grades and all that stuff and so um, near the end of my high school career my dad gave me an option he said listen i know that uh, your passions are somewhere else you got two options get your stuff together and uh, get your diploma or um, stop wasting your time here and go pursue the thing you want to pursue so i took the latter of those two options uh, in about uh, 2006, me and my brother, we uh, kicked off a, a record label, um, just following in the greats of, uh, you know, all of the independent artists that we knew to be. And um, it was a tough go. The world was changing. Uh, Napster came out, ruined the music industry. We, we used to be able to get away with, uh, you know, setting up shop in the back of a trunk at a car outside of a bar and, you know, uh, flipping CDs. But uh the day, the day of that is gone. So we had to pivot. So one of the things that we realized very quickly was that, uh, you know, being online and developing an audience there uh, was the fastest way for you to get from uh, starving artists to at least artists that can pay the bills. So we created some frameworks and models and things, um, just testing and, and trying things out, kind of a ready, fire, aim type model. And, uh, very quickly gained some uh, local notoriety among other artists in the scene here uh, that evolved into us helping other artists, you know, creating brands, building websites and funnels and doing marketing. And uh, the problem with that was, was I was dealing with a lot of starving artists and uh, I wasn't able to pay the bills as quickly as I hoped. <laughs> so um, shifted gears, took some of those translatable skills over into the marketing world for real estate. We did some stuff with uh, um, virtual tours and uh, you know, various online services for real estate agents. And then uh, after doing that for a little over a decade, um, I, I got bored. I'm not easily pleased. <laughs> so I had to uh, make another shift and I decided to take some of the other things that I enjoyed doing, which um, kind of fall in line with marketing, content creation, video, audio, all that kind of stuff, and uh, see if there was room in the 
corporate world for what I could do. And so that was a, a three year uphill climb <laughs> uh, to, to start with uh, what we dubbed the sustainable content model um, and has since evolved into, because that's just too high level for, for most people to understand. It evolved into podcast production, full suite, uh, uh, audience development and, and all that other stuff. And so um, during the, the pandemic, we had to make a couple of shifts because we couldn't serve people, uh, you know, one-on-one or face-to-face. We had to do things a little bit more uh, from a distance. So we started a coaching program as well. So we coach businesses or business, small business owners on how to create content for the purposes of branding and um, how to use data-driven marketing strategies to monetize the audiences that they create. And um, that kind of led me here to where I am now. I uh, currently have a couple of clients where we, we do social media management stuff. Uh, another one where we're doing full suite um, podcast production and brand development. And uh, and I guess that's where where we are right now. Well, that's a, that's kind of an interesting journey. It, it's nice when you do. Uh, well, it's it's a kind of a lesson as you go through various uh, iterations and figure out uh, what you like to do and what you don't like to do and and hopefully eventually get to a spot where you feel comfortable and and uh, you're providing benefit for others and, and satisfying um, you're doing something that's fulfilling for you as well so congratulations Absolutely. on making all of those uh, various changes throughout uh, uh, time to get you to here so what do you like most about what you're doing now I like seeing the spark when, when you talk to people who are intrinsically creative, or at least they have ideas and they want to see these ideas come to life. They just don't know how it's, uh, when I get the opportunity to meet and connect with those people and kind of show them the way and that, uh, that spark that lights up in their hearts when they, they realize how, um, close they were to the thing that they were building and, and what they were creating. And then when they see the product, like the final outcome of the work that we do together, the collaborations, um, there's an excitement that comes along with that. And I, I really take a, a pleasure in, in helping people discover that stuff. No, that's great. That's that, you know, my basic philosophy is, is uh, have fun, help others and make money. So if, if you can combine it all, into that it sounds it sounds like you're doing that. So you mentioned you, get, anyway. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, you mentioned that you get you get bored a bit. I understand that, but let's say uh, you know you're going to stick with what you're doing. It seems like you enjoy it, and let's um, pretend we were talking maybe three years from now. What would have to happen in that three year period for you to be completely uh, satisfied and and happy with with where you are? Well, here's the, here's my problem because I'm so, you know, scatterbrained ADD creative type person. Uh, I'm always in pursuit of the thrill of like the challenge, solving the problems, figuring something out. What I, what I end up doing though, in that process is creating systems and structures and frameworks and, um, you know, making things more efficient, uh, and automated and optimized. And then when it gets to that point, it, that's where it becomes a little bit boring for me. And, so the cool part about what I see in the future of the business that uh, that I've been building is 
I will get to focus more on the problem solving, more on the creative aspects and less on figuring out the systems and optimizing and, you know, helping people, uh, you know, do the jobs they love. Because I think as an entrepreneur, one of the responsibilities that we're charged with is connecting people with passion with the thing they're passionate for. For example, um, part of my process is doing video editing. Now, I'm not exactly fond of sitting in front of a computer for four hours, uh, you know, assembling a, a video, but I know pe people who are. So if I can connect them to the thing that they're doing, they're more fulfilled, they're more happy, they're more efficient. And that's kind of part of what I think uh, my responsibility has been as an entrepreneur is just creating those opportunities for people to do what they love to do. And then uh, that allows me the, the chance to focus more on that, the creative aspects being, you know, the problem solver and looking for challenges to overcome. Hey, I, I understand that because it sounds similar to a story I had with a, with a previous client that uh, was more on the creative side of things, but was, was caught up in doing the, the process stuff, the technical stuff, keeping track of everything and that sort of thing. And we were able to help them out with a platform that gave them complete control of everything um, and allowed him to be the creative and 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 still control everything, but not necessarily have to do everything. So, you know, there's a way to get that done. Yeah, um, that's the dream. <laughs> yeah. So uh, uh, at the moment, um, uh, are you... Uh, are you are you billing? Do you bill monthly? Or are you? What what I've found is, and I, I started with uh, what I knew, which was just a, you know an hourly rate, okay. and you know as you become more efficient and better at your job, you realize how much you sell yourself short. But also, uh, you know, when you're in high demand and, and more than one person wants your time at the same time, you gotta kind of put it up into the universe that well what what is my time worth then to you to solve this problem and so that evolved until i got to a place where i was like i feel like i'm insulting people with an hourly rate <laughs> uh what can i do to kind of productize this and turn it into something um where it's less trading dollars for hours and more trading solutions for problems and so we work on a, a retainer type model where it's just a monthly fee um, and that varies just depending on the level of involvement we have to have uh, with the projects that we're working on. But I, I find that so far the retainer model has been uh, both fruitful and rewarding and, and uh, easy to understand for everybody that I've worked with so far. Great, great. So how do you, yeah, that it, it's always challenging to, to figure out what do I charge? How do I get what I think I'm worth? And, and is the marketplace going to accept that, you know, what model do I need to use to, to get it retainer hourly, that sort of thing. I will always been a bigger fan of retainer. Um, oh, we got a, 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 a friend that developed what he calls a points billing system, which seems to really accelerate the amount of money that comes in, which is really kind of interesting. Yeah, um, but are you, uh, what, what are you doing now to attract the, the clients that you get? Um, a number of things. This is one of them. Um, you know, getting any opportunity that I can to just share uh, what I do and how it actually helps businesses is I find um, the the quickest way to get to where I want to be, which is, you know, helping people solve those problems. Um, another one, though, is is leveraging social media and not in the ways that people think. 
I, I found uh, in the early stages of social media that people kind of lost touch with the point of social media, which is to socialize. Uh, and if you can bring that back into the way that you interact with people, uh, it becomes very powerful. And I think about it like um, if I was to go to a, a networking event, let's say there's a, you know, 10 speakers on stage and they're doing a bunch of keynotes and there's a hundred different business owners that are there. Well, I'm not going to stand in the corner and scream and shout at people telling them how cool or awesome or great the thing is that I do. What I'm going to do is I'm going to have very simple conversations with people until I find somebody that's actually, uh, you know, interested in solving a problem that I can solve. And uh, I find that that same environment exists in the online world in Facebook groups or, you know, on LinkedIn, um, where, where people are sharing different pieces of content, things like that. So, you know, just looking for ways that I can connect with people and offer solutions, even if it's, hey, you know, uh, if you're recording a podcast and you're having an issue with your microphone, here are a couple of quick tips to fix that. Uh, and, and most people are looking for those answers. Hey, I recorded a podcast, but all you can hear is me breathing into the microphone. Well, there's a quick and simple way to fix that. You got to move the microphone away a little bit, turn your gain up or down, use some of the post-production tools like a gate or a noise filter, and then you're, you're good. You can increase your quality. And the more you do that, uh, the more I've found people recognize you as the go-to guy or as the expert in your space. And uh, you know, eventually there are people in that group or people in those environments that go, you know what, I think I need your help. <laughs> and that's where it's like, okay, cool. Let's get on a call. Let's see how I can help you solve those problems. And, and we can go from there. Yeah, that's a, that's an excellent way to do it. And it, I, there was an old uh, sales guy told me once that said, uh, amateurs convince and professionals sort. So rather than trying to can change the hearts and minds of everybody. You just look for people that are a good fit with what you have to offer. So that's an excellent way to do it. But unfortunately, and if you're kind of a one man show or just a small organization, you got to balance your time between acquiring customers and actually performing and helping those customers, which is where you make your money. So, <laughs> so have you ever taken a look at what it cost you in time and money to acquire a company as, as uh, excuse me, acquire a client compared to what you make on that client over that client's lifetime? Yeah, there's the, the obvious key metrics um, when it comes to marketing, data-driven marketing and that kind of thing where it's uh, how much am I spending to get a customer? How much is that customer worth? And is there profit left over? And you know, the one thing that we don't really measure in that is the time that it takes to do this stuff. Because let's say we go for a marketing campaign where we set up a lead magnet and we uh, run that ad campaign. Well, we got to do the creatives. We got to create the funnel. We got to do the copywriting. We got to set up the automations and the forums and all that other stuff. And then you got to have like your calendar stuff set up so that, you know, people can book in and do this and do that. And before you know it, you're doing 10 things that you should have had somebody else do because your time is better spent doing the thing that you're good at. And so my dad said this to me when I was much younger, don't do $15 an hour jobs when you're worth 100. And that's something that uh, I, I took to heart very early on. And I've looked at ways that I can streamline what I do and how uh, I can be efficient and optimize the stuff that I'm doing. Um, but 
you know, then there's other things like referrals. If I do a really good job working for you, Brian, and I help you create a, an, an outstanding podcast, somebody that watches your podcast a year from now is going to see that and go, who helped you make this? I need somebody like that. And so I didn't do any of that work. And so right. you know, how do we average this all out? It's such a, um, a nuanced thing. And so I try not to get lost in the weeds, you know, too close to the trees to see the forest. <laughs> right. The problem I think most people have. Well, then the one way to look at it or one question to ask that, that will uh, maybe help get get to the answer is, is um, are you making all the money you want to make doing doing it the way that you're doing it? The short answer is no. Uh, I definitely want to be in a different place financially. Um, that being said, I do believe in the supernova effect. If you burn fast and hot, you will burn out quickly. Whereas if you are a slow burn and you take your time and you're careful and you're thoughtful about the things you do and you're su you, you serve your clients well, uh, you 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 create longevity in the work that you do. There's more of an opportunity to, uh, to do what you do longer. And so I, I take that approach. I like to be patient. I like to go slow. I like to make sure that, um, what I'm doing is intentional. And another thing that my dad taught me, actually, uh, he said, take your time and get really good at something. And then when you're really good at it, stop taking your time. And, and the, the underlying moral of that story is to, uh, be efficient, right? And and when you when you're really good at what you do, you can do it more frequently. You can do it more efficiently. You can do it more uh, with purpose, and that's what grows your company. I think um, in a way that's sustainable. Right. Well, first of all, it sounds like you have a very wise father who's been giving you some good advice all along the way. So that's that's something to be valued right there. He's and also, been a cornerstone in my success. I can definitely say that much. <laughs> good, good. And also gave you the freedom to go out there and make your own mistakes if, if that's what you chose to do and that's where your heart was. So that's that's excellent. Yeah. Um, based on on what you you said, you know, I've I've uh, worked with some people in the past who 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 want to like you do what they do best and they have the most fun doing and where they produce the greatest results for the people that they're helping. And their philosophy was, you know, I'd give away 30 to 40% of what I make to find somebody that would deliver a, my ideal client to me on a regular basis, because that would allow me to spend more time helping the right people and making more money. So the more that I'd make, it would be well worth offsetting that with somebody that that had the time, the specialty, and the uh, and the expertise to to bring me that. So is that uh, something yeah. that? Yeah, yeah. So something that I, I've actually uh, taken on as a recent project is um, there's a company called Deal Force, and essentially what they do is they take some of your criteria, uh, they go out into the world and they use that criteria to source out people who are in that world looking for solutions for very very specific problems um, they are a pay for performance type uh, scenario where uh, you don't pay them until they get you a result and the result is is that you get on a call with somebody and have an opportunity to connect them to a solution and so uh, i love this model because it makes it 
easier to track how your efforts are uh, benefiting, how they profit at the end of the day. So if I have to spend $1,000 over the course of a month, and out of that, I find one customer that can pay me, uh, you know, a $3,000 retainer over the next 12 months, like that's, uh, that's a no brainer in terms of, you know, return on investment. Uh, and there, those types of companies or those types of salespeople or those types of people are really, really hard to find. Mm -hmm. But you can't hire them if you're not clear. And that's something that I recognized very early on as well, is I wasn't clear on the product. I wasn't clear on the offer. I wasn't clear on the solution and how to communicate that, the messaging and all that stuff. And you do need to fumble through that on your own to get that clarity. And so if it wasn't for me creating email templates and sending out a thousand emails a day for six months at a time to try and figure out my messaging, I wouldn't have been clear. And so I would be paying a company essentially uh, to burn my money because <laughs> I would right. be on the wrong calls with the wrong people. And I would probably have given up on that solution had I not had that clarity. So that's a double-edged sword, I think, but but one that is is worth wielding. Right, right. Well, what you, what you have to do, and I guess in, in any position or business, is decide what your ideal client looks like mm. or what some people call your uh, minimum viable customer. Yes. So, you know, they've got to have at least these three specific criteria to meet. Otherwise, I don't want to talk to them. Uh, so yeah, sometimes right. that that takes a little while to figure out. But uh, it sounds like you may have gotten it figured out. Do you think you have? I'm getting closer, Brian. <laughs> I okay. can say that much. Right. It's been a, it's been a hard road. And here's the thing, you know, as a creative, uh, there's this book called Rocket Fuel. And if, if you've never read it, it's it's uh, it talks about the dichotomy between um, cre creatives or the visionary and and the integrator or the systems guy as a creative myself i never saw myself as a as a integrator as somebody who could create systems and processes and things like that um but also being a creator one of the issues that i face is that i'm just too close to the painting to see the masterpiece sometimes and so when i think about it what i do can literally help anybody anywhere I can figure out a way to make sure that there's a sustainable content model that will work to grow your business and your brand recognition and a number of other things, but that is too broad for most businesses. And so I found it hard to, to narrow in on, on that one industry or that one thing. And it was in fact, a, a conversation I had with uh, Gary bird. He is a, he's got a, I think a seven or eight figure, marketing agency but he focuses only on dental practices so he only provides solutions for dentists who want to grow their practice and i am or have been afraid to get very niche in in that regard because i'm like well i can help dentists i promise you i can but i can also help lawyers or i can help physiotherapists or i can help uh coaches or i can help retail businesses there's just so many opportunities that when, when you think of it from a frame of abundance, it can become overwhelming. And so the challenge really for me in getting clear on that messaging was, well, uh, you're not helping anybody because you want to help everybody. So pick somebody, help them for as long as you can. And that, you know, solves a lot of other problems. Yeah, you I, you got to be very specific and pick a spot to start. Just a, 
Just a quick story. A good friend of mine who was the CEO of a small banking group and decided he wanted to do something else and got out, went out and got himself trained and certified as a behavioral analyst. And he was using behavioral assessments to help people with communication and a bunch of other stuff. And he tried like crazy and could not get any clients because he was he was shotgunning it. He was all over the place. I can help everybody, which is true. But nobody believes that and, and one individual can help everybody. So quite by accident, he spent 50 bucks and got a table at a trade fair for wholesale food companies and put out his flyers. And some guy came by and was looking at a flyer and he said, are you a specialist with wholesale food companies? And he was smart enough to say, yeah, yeah, I am. And boom, his business took off. So he became the go-to guy for this with wholesale food brokers in the entire eastern half of the United States. And then if he wanted to, he could build another silo. So it, it boils down to picking the spot that, that you want. Have you got one spot if somebody had, what, as the saying goes, gun to your head that, that you would pick and get started with? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I do. <laughs> and it was a very, very similar story, actually. Uh for me, I was like, yeah, we can do sustainable content models for all types of businesses. Here's how it works here. Here's how it works here. And I'm just a, uh, you know, a squirrel who's eaten too many rotten grapes. I was a, a nut. <laughs> and finally, um, the the customer that I that I took on, where I found it to be the most beneficial was actually a lawyer. And I'm, you know, uh, I dabble a little bit in the legal world just in terms of like contracts and, and writing, you know, and things like that. And so I was like, I, I wonder if this is a, a space that I can pursue and uh, doing some more deeper dives. It turns out that there, there's so much opportunity. And here's the thing, right? When you when you're faced with that challenge of narrowing down your audience, the fear that you want to avoid is pigeonholing yourself or putting yourself in a box because how much opportunity is there in helping wholesale food industry? What is there? 10 companies, right? Cause that's, I don't know. Cause I have no perspective on it. I know that there are 17 million companies in North America. And so that feels like abundance, but how many wholesale foods are there? So that got scary. But then when, when I niched into that, well, let's talk about lawyers, uh, corporate lawyers or entertainment lawyers are probably going to be the best ones that I can work with. Um, although family law is, is another one of those kind of areas where it would work really well. And do you see what happens even just in this conversation is I could take lawyers as an umbrella and get very specific. I only work with corporate lawyers. And there are still, you know, hundreds of thousands of corporate lawyers that if I had that solution. So for me, that was a very, very similar in terms of just how it happened for me was, well, there's a customer, there's a thing that they can do. Here's an exact case study of how it helped their business. Now I have something. I can go to any other lawyer and go, look what I did here. Do you want me to do that for you? And now it becomes the messaging becomes super clear. It just becomes way easier to do my job and, and find the people that I can help. Yeah. Yeah. That's. Well, it's 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 taking that chance. It's dump, jumping in there. And for my buddy, there aren't that many big wholesale food companies, but every one of them has a sales staff of up to 50 people that wander all over the world. And every one of them needed the stuff that he offered. So, you know, it, it grew into a good thing. And you, and you never know what's going to happen if you jump into the right the right niche. I've got a, a good friend who got out of the insurance business years ago and he loved 
computers and networking, and he specialized in law firms uh, by accident. And he's, he's doing great. You know, he's he's the go-to guy for setting up networks within legal offices and and firms with multi multiple locations. So it's just it's just picking that one and and going after it, and then uh, let the universe help you out from there. I, I love how you mentioned that it, a lot of this is accidental. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, from the outside, uh, looking into the entrepreneurship world, people think that you got it all together. I, I would liken this to like when you were a kid and you looked to your parents, you're like, oh, yeah, my parents have it all figured out. And really, your parents are running around with their heads cut off trying to figure out how life works still. And 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 it is very much like that in, in the world of entrepreneurship in that. Yeah, we're just winging it. We have no idea what we're doing. We have we have a best educated guess, but we don't know what we don't know, and we're comfortable with that. And 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 it's also about being comfortable in that chaos, so that you can discover or find those solutions accidentally. Yeah. Well, listen, you've offered some some very good insight in your journey and uh, the struggles that you're going through, and with finding the right decisions and moving in the right direction. I think that's helpful to anybody that's a that's a solopreneur as they say or or you in in uh individual businesses because that's it's a constant struggle so before we finish here you got anything uh any final thoughts that you want to offer any questions i didn't ask that uh, you feel should be answered to the to the people that are out there uh, working on their business and trying to figure something out and making it work. Yeah, you're going to keep going. And sometimes you're going to feel like you want to give up. uh, But you know, you're not going to. Um, But when you're in those places, it's really easy to get lost. It's really easy to become overwhelmed. It's really easy to uh, fall apart, especially when you're in search of that kind of work life balance, trying to figure it out and, and nothing's working. And We've all been there. The people who got really good at being okay with taking a step back, resting, regrouping, and then coming back at it, those are the ones that actually reach that success. And I know that it seems super cliche, but if you're digging, you're working, you're trying to get to that thing that you that you really want to do, you don't realize how close you are. But you have to allow yourself to make those mistakes. You have to allow yourself to trip and fall so that inevitably you you accidentally fall into the the thing that you are meant to do and you'll know when you get there because you will feel fulfilled and 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 you'll feel the joy from being able to do the thing that you love doing and serve others well i don't think there's much left to say after that <laughs> that's excellent except to say thank you devin for for being on the uh, on the show today i really appreciate your time and your insight and wish you all the best It was an absolute pleasure, Brian. Thank you for having me. Thank you.